Hi there, my name is Andrew Adams, and this is Don't You Dare Talk To Me. So, it's been a little bit since I've made an episode. Um, That's probably just because trying to move all my stuff from one city to another. uh, It's been a little difficult trying to do that and come up with stuff for, you know, ideas for uh, podcasts and all that. So, plus two, I don't really have anything to apologize for. I mean, I don't have a regular audience to entertain or an obligation to an episode schedule. So, hey man, take it what you can get, right? Plus, too, have you ever had, like, a mental breakdown, quit your job, and move back in with your parents? Yeah, me neither. So, why'd you even ask, right? But anyway, today, don't you dare talk to me about why Die Hard 1 and 2 are totally Christmas movies. So, just to kind of start out here, if you've never heard of Die Hard, you're probably living under a rock. You don't have to see it, but just to not have heard of it, that's crazy, man. That's one of the, It's one of the most iconic modern action films to ever grace the silver screen. So, and I'm pretty sure that's totally opinionated. I'm sure there's some bozo out there that's totally going to disagree and be like, no, Die Hard sucks and this is why, but come on, man, just go put it on, go put it on the internet just like I'm doing. So anyway, Die Hard and Die Hard 2 have always been argued that they're not Christmas movies. Like it's, it's, it has everything on display. So today I'm going to explain as to why Die Hard is totally a Christmas movie. And this is one of those arguments that has been going on for ever since the movie probably came out. I mean, geez, you like go go and Google is Die Hard a Christmas movie and you'll come across like 20,000 different uh, articles and (laughs) different like, you know, arguments as to how it's totally a Christmas movie. So I feel like I'm in the safe zone of saying that it totally is a Christmas movie. And if you disagree, who cares, man? It's an it's an opinion, just like my asshole. You have one, too. So anyway, I just want to start out here with talking about Die Hard, the 1988 golden boy of, you know, of iconic 80s action movies. So this was directed by John McTiernan. Um, it was screenplay was written by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. DeSouza. Probably just butchered the hell out of those names, but hey, man, I'm doing what I can. So this movie, it's so cool, man. I could I could totally do a full episode about how badass Die Hard is, but that's kind of beside the point. We're going to be focusing in today just as to how these two movies or this you know movie and its sequel are totally Christmas movies, and that you could totally justify bringing DVDs to your family get-togethers to watch them with your family instead of having to watch you know like Home Alone again for the fifty thousandth fifty thousandth time. So. Yeah, man, let's make Die Hard the new Home Alone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I freaking love Home Alone. And I can't wait to watch it like 18 different times over the course of the Christmas season. So I don't know if they like play it up. At, like, I don't really watch cable that much, but I wonder if they like continue to play it past Christmas. They probably do. I just don't really like pay attention for it. Once like the 25th pass, it's like, boom, done. Not thinking about Home Alone ever again. But anyway, I'm getting off topic just as I usually do. I'm, uh, <laughs> We're here to talk about Die Hard. So Die Hard, I really love this movie just because it has like a lot of history behind it and everything. So it's kind of like the, the well, just to break out some fun facts and everything. So it's like the quasi-sequel to the movie The Detective, which is like 1968, uh, or excuse me, it was made in 1968, uh, starring Frank Sinatra of all people. If you didn't know, like Frank Sinatra, like the singer, he totally has an acting career. That guy really got around during his time. So, and I actually, I like when I came across that of how it's kind of like, I was thinking of how it's like kind of a a pseudo sequel to it and everything, because it's based on like uh, books by the same dude, I think, but I kind of want to do like an unofficial sequel episode of that too. So, hey man, just coming up with ideas on the fly here (laughs) while recording. 
Anyway, now, so this movie, Die Hard, stars Bruce Willie, Bruce Willis as John McClane. Uh, you also got Alan Rickman as the big baddie, Hans Gruber, uh, and the lovely Bonnie Bedelia as Holly Gennaro McClane. Um, and this is weird, too. Like, Gennaro, I couldn't always, like, I kept reading it, like, generic for some reason, so I didn't really look into it, but I don't know if that's, like, an actual thing, like, if Gennaro or Gennaro's meant to be, like, a stand-in for generic. Who knows? I'm probably sounding like a freaking moron right now. Anyway, it also stars uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. So if you don't know who that is, he um, the Family Matters with like Steve Urkel. He plays um, he plays the dad in that, like the <laughs> the always angry that Steve Urkel is always invading his house <laughs> guy. So and anyway, as I kept as I kind of rambled on in this first part of this uh, this episode, like Die Hard is such an iconic movie that like every single action movie following it like wanted to be Die Hard. So, like, Die Hard for action movies was, like, the jock of, like, the schoolyard that gets all the chicks, you know? Like, the popular kid in school. So, you have this formula that's pretty easy to follow of being, like, you got terrorists that invade an area, they take hostages, and then you get, like, a one-man wrecking crew, this, like, one-man savior who comes in to completely, like, wreck the plans of the terrorists. So, pretty easy, like, you know, format to follow, but a lot of the movies that followed it kind of, kind of, like, were a little wilted. Um, so, like, if you're, if you're, like, one of those people that are, like, oh, I don't, I don't watch anything, uh, I don't watch any movie that wasn't made before 2000, which, if you don't believe me, there's freaking people like that. Like, if I, I've had friends where they're, like, oh, I don't want to, I don't watch any movies that are before 2000, they're just lame. And I'm, like, no, no, the movies after 2000 are more lame than the old movies, but fucking who cares, man? Anyway, so, but that's how I said, like, every fucking action movie wants to be Die Hard. So, to give you some examples here, like, back in 2013, you had these, like, two movies that released pretty much, like, within weeks of each other that had the exact same plot. You got White House Down, and then Olympus Has Fallen, which is about terrorists taking over the White House, capturing or kidnapping the president, taking a bunch of hostages, and then you get a one-man wrecking crew coming in to completely fuck shit up for them. So, it's like, it's Die Hard in the White House. And then you get, like, a ton of other clones that kind of preceded that. Like, I, there's tons of others that I'm leaving out, but I'm just trying to keep it, like, you know, contrite here. So, or, um, or concise. What the hell did I just say? Jeez, man, I'm losing it. Anyway, so this, this here, you get, um, like, before that, you get, like, Air Force One made in 1997. That was literally just die hard on a plane so you get the president of the united states who's on air force one and he, a bunch of terrorists get onto the plane and then hold him hostage and then literally the president of the united states played by harrison ford has to has to be the one-man wrecking crew to to save the day so he goes from like hostage to hero which it's a fun movie uh, you also get other ones uh, before that is like um, Under Siege in 1992 uh, starring Steven Seagal. He was like he plays like this ex special forces dude who turns to or he's like a cook or something now on a ship. And then these terrorists take over the ship, take a bunch of hostages. Steven Seagal equals one man wrecking crew. So bingo, bango. And there's another diehard clone for you. And then one of my favorites, I've actually brought this up in previous episodes and I really want to do an episode on it. It's a cliffhanger with, uh, and from 1993 with Sylvester Stallone. So it's, a, it's about this, um, Sylvester Stallone plays like this expert mi- mountain climber and these terrorists are these bank robbing terrorists lose a bunch of money or something on the side of a mountain. And then like they take some hostages of like the rescue crew. And then Sylvester Stallone has to be the one man, one man savior there. So 
It's such a dumb movie, though. Like, there's so many moments in that movie that just has you, like, pinching your eyes. But honestly, it's still fun to watch. So that's why I, I might end up doing doing an episode on that, too. So if you want to continue talking about how freaking iconic Die Hard 1 is, um, like, the, the undershirt... John McClane or Bruce Willis wears like they the department had or the costume department at the time had like 17 different versions of that undershirt in like various stages of degradation so it, like the more and more like messed up he got in the movie they had like a specific shirt for that time um, and like the very last scene where it's or like the last scene you see him wearing this undershirt before it gets like ripped off or something. Um, it's like it's super like grody and everything. But that actual uh, McLean's undershirt is in the Smithsonian Museum. So it's a literal piece of history now. So that's pretty badass, in my opinion. Plus, two, you get this um, out of all the, the um, stuff that goes on in this movie, like of all the iconic things, you get one of the, my favorite and one of probably the best movie villains ever, which is Hans Gruber. So he's just like he's this really like cunning, very brutal, kind of sleazy uh, dude who's just kind of like always in control. So you always think he, like he's such a formidable foe that you never think that like John McClane's going to beat him. But, you know, he's going to fucking ice him in the end. So, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, he also has a pretty cool accent, too, which just really fits well for the character. It's, like, German, I think, what it was. And I also love it. That during Die Hard, there's, like, this time where, um, like, Hans Gruber, he, he's, like, talking in his German accent, and then he, like, bumps into John McClane or something, and he has to, like, pretend to be an American. And it is by far the worst freaking, like, impression so it's like in the movie, John McClane is already like, you know, he's already wise that this guy ain't who he is with his fake ass accent. But the the accent that Alan Rickman uses, he's just like, oh, yes, I am a Yankee. All right. So, yeah, dude, like I feel like he was just like having to do he was having to do an impression of someone who's doing an accent trying to do another accent, which is like super layered, but double cool, in my opinion. <laughs> So it was one of those moments in the movie that I, I like to think back on. I'm like, oh, that was really funny. Anyway, if you haven't seen this freaking movie, by God, let me know. I'll send you the money to rent it so you can watch it. You'll have a great time. Or I'll just track you down, bring it in the copy that I have on DVD. We'll watch it together and we're going to have a fantastic time. Also, too, this is a little sidebar here. I don't know why this just crossed my mind. So when I was doing the research for this episode, I came across this one... Um, I didn't write it down. It was, it was like the, the observer or something. It was this article and it was written by, I didn't write it down. I think it's like Jeremy follows or whatever. He said in that, he said in that article that jingle all the way, like the Christmas movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad was a, like a bad Christmas movie, which, Hey man, fuck you. I'm going to track you down and we're going to watch that movie together. And we're going to have a great time. Cause it's a fun movie, dude. Why would you even say that? Whatever. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Anyway, moving right along here, man. So Alan Rickman, the dude that played Hans Gruber, he like this was his, which was great for Alan Rickman because this was his first first feature film and his first like Hollywood debut. So this this movie put him on the map, which is a great start, in my opinion. Like if there's one thing that you want to like, you know, get your foot in the door with like such a fucking iconic movie. This is the one for it. So. All right, let's get into let's get into why the episode is what it is. Like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Spoiler alert: It freaking is. So, 
And so there's some people that disagree, which is really funny. The star of the movie, Bruce Willis, he is one of those people that disagrees that Die Hard is not a um, is not a Christmas movie, which is really funny. So in, a, in this interview uh, with Bruce Willis, when they asked him if he agreed that it was like a Christmas movie, he said, uh, quote, it's not a Christmas movie. It's a goddamn uh, Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> so nice ego, dude. So maybe in time, you'll come to realize that this is totally a Christmas movie and a Bruce Willis movie. It can be both, man. If Bruce Willis ever does listen to this, cool. There's a lot of other things that I, I would like to know as to why Bruce Willis is listening to this. You must really have not much to do. <laughs> so anyway, let's get into this. So just to kind of set a baseline here as to what is a Christmas movie. So I kind of just consolidated just a few things or a few uh, like stereotypes or tropes that you see in Christmas movies just to go. We can kind of like touch on that. So. All right. So what I have here is you. Oh, what's that? Oh, sounds like there's a dog running around upstairs. Anyway, so you get set like um, for a Christmas movie is it's set on or close to Christmas. So at least before, like shortly before or on Christmas. So, and then you get like Christmas music that is used uh, within the movie. Uh, you also get references to Santa Claus or Santa references. Um, you get a set piece that's relating to like a holiday event, uh, whether it be like a family get together, um, like an office party, having to travel for the holidays, anything that kind of relates to that or trying to kind of like get into that. So there's, there's plenty of movies there. Um, also, too, another thing you see there, there are plenty of gifts or there's a gift exchange at some point within Christmas movies. Um, and at some point in Christmas movies, it snows. So those are kind of the things or kind of those main tropes that we're kind of going to be using here to kind of justify as to why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So or it can be like a combo, a combination of the above. So. Anyway, for anyone who hasn't seen Die Hard, let me just kind of fill you in here real quick. So John McClane, he's um, just this regular like humdrum cop from New York. Um, he's going out to California to visit his kids and his like him and his wife are like separated and he's trying to win back his wife or whatever. He's going out to Cali to visit them for the holidays uh, and he goes to his wife's office at the uh, Nakatomi Plaza which, fun fact, it was actually like the um, the Fox headquarters at the time that it was shot at, which I thought was really funny. Um, so you get that. He's going there to this office party, and then all of a sudden this terrorist group uh, led by Hans Gruber, um, they he shows up with his goons. They take a bunch of hostages, and like initially they're supposed to be like trying to get these prisoners released, or you think it's like this whole political agenda that they're trying to, to kind of, you know, enforce. But then it turns out that they're just like simple thieves and that they're just like, after all, them, them barabons and the, uh, the company safe there. So nice little, little misled there. So I'm not going to do a full summary. I'm not like, I'm not going to do what I usually do for, um, like movie episodes where I just talk all about the plot of the movie and spoil it all. Cause it's such a badass movie. I really encourage anyone who hasn't seen it to go watch it because you don't even have to like action movies. There's plenty of like little quips and tense moments and romance and comedy, like tons of stuff. Like there's always stuff there for everyone and you're going to watch it and you're going to have a great time. And then you're going to walk away saying yippee ki yay motherfucker, just like everyone else did. So anyway, let's kind of just kind of touch on some of the things here that are within Die Hard, um, just though it makes it a Christmas movie. So this movie, Die Hard 1, is set on Christmas Eve. Boom, check mark right there. 
Um, so for Christmas music that is used, I went through the soundtrack here. Um, the songs that are used, you got Winter Wonderland, uh, Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC, which is that, that the version that is used. There's also a sample in there uh, for Backdoor Santa. So that's like a twofer right there. Um, then you also got Let It Snow, and then you got Jingle Bells, which is like whistled by John McClane at one point in there. So plenty of freaking Christmas music there. Big check mark on that one. Um, then to the like this reference to like Santa Claus or whatever. So, all right. So there's like the scene in Die Hard where uh, John McClane, the main good guy, he faces off with one of the terrorists, and he has a little like punch up with him, and he ends up killing the terrorists. And then he's like he steals the terrorist gun and radio, so he can kind of like get one up on the rest of the bad guys. And he takes the body of the dead terrorist and he puts it in like an elevator, and he writes on the shirt, "Now I have a machine gun." Ho ho ho! And he puts a Santa hat on him. So bingo that you got a you got a santa reference right there man it's a very a very brutal one but hey a santa reference nonetheless all right so you also got um this is taking place uh for like the event or the uh the set piece it's taking place in an office during a christmas off or like a christmas office party so bingo you got another big check right there um then you also got like the gift exchange there so right at the start of the movie you get john mcclane carrying this big ass stuffed bear with him all over the place uh from like the airport to the limo to his wife's office i guess he was gonna like give it to his wife but it gets like left in the car and then the the cool ass dude who um is like driving the limo he's one of the characters his name's uh i didn't write down the actor's name but it's argyle he's such a cool character man he's really funny um but he's like chilling with this bear um in the limo in the parking garage the entire movie as all this like crazy stuff is going on in the building and he also no wait yeah and he also like saves the day at one point where he like uh, kills one of the terrorists by like running running him over with the uh, the limo super fun man anyway also, for the gift exchange, plenty of gift exchange apart from that big-ass bear. You also got um, Holly Gennaro, or Holly McClain, like um, John McClain's estranged wife. Uh, she gets, like, a company Rolex, which that comes into play, like, at the very end of the movie. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, you also get this. This is not really a gift. Well, it's kind of a gift. Uh, at the end of the movie, the big climactic moment where uh, John John McClane faces off with Hans Gruber. John McClane like tapes a gun to his back to make it look like he doesn't have a gun. Um, Any like the tape that he uses is like this really festive um, packing tape. It has like um, the the holly on it and everything, and it says like Feliz Navidad. So there's a fucking present for you, Hans Gruber. Ha ha. And then finally, the the last little requirement here at the credits, as the credits roll, it starts to snow. So big old checks across the board. Bingo, bango. Got yourself a Christmas movie right there. So if you disagree, who cares, man? Do like do me a solid for the love of God. Whoever disagrees, just reach out to me, man. You can either you reach out on Apple Podcasts and leave me a one-star review and tell me how I'm wrong about that. Or you can message me on Instagram with a big old hate-filled message and let me know that there. Because honestly, I just want to know that someone's actually hearing any of this. So... Anyway, let's move right along here. So good old, big old, you know, checks across the board for Die Hard 1. Totally a Christmas movie. But what about Die Hard 2? Hmm, well, all right. So I might be kind of like, you know, tiptoeing around. I had, I had to stretch it a little bit. But honestly, I feel like I checked all the boxes again with, uh, with Die Hard 2, you know? So anyway... Die Hard 2, just going to give you a little background before you get into the, the justification and everything. So Die Hard 2 is directed by uh, Rennie Harlan. Uh, it was also written by uh, Stephen E. DeSouza. Um, he was the dude that wrote like the first one. And it was also co-written by uh, Doug Richardson. So, uh, And it was also based on a novel, uh, 58 Minutes, by Walter Wager. 
Um, I don't know if it's any good. I've never read it. Oh, dude, I totally forgot to mention too the... <laughs> how could I forget that? Die Hard 1 is based on a novel called uh, Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. It's pretty much it's pretty much like on par um, with Die Hard. Like it, it's a relatively similar plot. Um, so if you don't like watching movies, um, but you like reading books and you want to like read a book that's essentially Die Hard, go watch or go read uh, Nothing Lasts Forever. So yeah, dude, really good book there. Anyway, let's get and then we get the stars of Die back to Die Hard Two here. We get the stars. You got Bruce Willis coming back as John McClane. You got the lovely Bonnie Bedelia back again now, just as Holly McClane. So like at the end of Die Hard One, they reconcile, and I guess in the scenario, there's no more Gennaro. It's just Holly McClane. They're they're totally back together, guys. So then you got also to um, a few returning characters of William Atherton as Thornburg, who was like this douchey reporter in the first one. Um, and he also got Reginald Bell Johnson coming back as just like a cameo in one scene. But here's a really sad part. Like these, those guys, they got top billing and Reginald Bell Johnson, he got top billing and he was only in one scene, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, I'm happy that Reginald Vell Johnson got paid for this. Like, yeah, man, get your money. But there's a lot of other good actors in this movie that probably deserved a little bit of a bit of dough. But I don't know how politics work within movies or how paychecks are cut. So I could just be talking out of my ass right now. <laughs> anyway. He also got William Sadler. Um, he plays Stuart, uh, or like, I think it was like Lieutenant Stuart or something. He's like the Special Forces bad guy. Uh, and he also got John Amos as Grant. I think he's like General Grant. I didn't have it listed on IMDb as like what his title was. Um, so yeah, he was just like one of those ones where it's like this group of terrorists come in. So just to kind of give you a little background on the plot here, you get this rogue military unit or these terrorists, quote unquote, that come in, um, and they take over the Dulles airport in Washington, DC, um, in order to kind of help this one drug Lord escape, um, extradition in the United States. So, and then John McClane, he's there to pick up his wife, who's flying in from Los Angeles to D.C. Um, and then John McClane, you know him as in the first, if you've seen the first movie, that dude loves spoiling terrorist plots. So this guy just has to go ahead and totally ruin the terrorist day by spoiling their plot again. So this is a really decent sequel. I think it was like one of the ones where it does everything that a sequel should do. Um, it's a bit of a rehash of the first, but the first one was so much fun that you really want to kind of go through it again. So, um, but there's like other places where it starts to kind of step outside its comfort zone. And like a lot of other sequels, that's where it falls short. If you want to hear my whole whole stupid rant about what makes a good and bad sequel, go check out the one episode, um, Escape from L.A. I kind of talked about how bad sequels can be fun sometimes. So, literally, this is like, to talk about how it's a bit of a rehash, though, you literally get 12 terrorists again. You get a hostage situation again. You get the stubborn brass, or like the, the cops who are like outside the situation, just making things more difficult uh, for the people who are like having to deal with the hostage situation on the inside. Um, yeah, you, you always get that in movies just to add that extra layer of drama there. So any who's uh, so the bad guy in this, just to kind of point out a couple of more fun facts here. So the bad guy in this, like the drug Lord guy, he was from the fictional country of Valverde, um, which is, uh, the dude who wrote this movie, um, Souza, he also wrote the movie commando. Uh, it was like this over pumped action movie from the eighties with, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but the, the fictional country there is also Valverde. So bingo, you get Die Hard and commando and lethal weapon. Oh, that's another thing too. But like, but like those movies are all set in the same universe, which is super badass. Like there's so many explosions and gunfights and one-liners in that universe. It's kind of, it'll make your head spin. 
Another fun fact about Die Hard, um, or it's like the Russian in Russian, uh, there's no title that translates for Die Hard. So in Russia, um, the title of the movie is A Hard Nut to Crack, which, damn, dude, Die Hard is pretty badass, but I would I would really like to just call it A Hard Nut to Crack. So yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the way that I want to call it. Anyway, so this this here, just kind of get into as to why Die Hard 2 uh, is totally a Christmas movie as well. Um, so it's, all right, so as I said, I might be stretching it, but here we go. So we, we get this movie, it's set on Christmas Eve again. That's a big check on the first one. So this, the movie is set literally one year after uh, the first movie takes place. So after all the craziness of the first movie, next year on Christmas, another terrorist plot, which... Dude, I would just, I would move as far away from society as I could if I got into two different, like, you know, if I had to spoil two terrorist plots. But then again, that's like, that's John McClane's bread and butter is spoiling terrorist plots. So maybe he's, he lives for it. But there's like plenty of one-liners in the movie too of being like, how could the same thing happen to the same guy twice? I roll. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you get some Christmas music in here as well. Not as much as the first, but you get Carol of the Bells, totally a Christmas song. And you also get Let It Snow again. So uh, Santa references, you get plenty of Santa decorations and Xmas decorations just decked out all over this freaking airport. So there's your there's your Christmas theme right there. Um, it also for set pieces. It does take place in a busy airport as people are trying to travel for the holidays, much like many other holiday films. Hmm. Um, for like gifts, okay, this is where I kind of fell short. So I didn't. I wasn't able. I didn't have the time to fully watch all the movie again. But the one thing that I did find here. Uh, so like, there's this like whole big running conflict. Is like the terrorists knocked out. Uh, like the the running lights or the runway lights. Um, and John McClane's wife, Holly, is like in this plane trying to land, but they're having to like circle the airport because there's no landing lights and they're running out of fuel. So you get this like kind of race against time. Um, so this is the gift that John McClane gives to Holly as he gives her a big landing light, like in the big climactic finale, he is able to like blow up the plane. He like cuts loose the gas to like the plane that the terrorists are escaping on. And then he like lights it and it blows up the plane in this like ultra crazy explosion. So yeah, yippee ki Mr. Falcon. <laughs> so yeah, there's your, there's that. So I guess that's kind of close. That's where I start to kind of skirt it. Um, another thing here, so you get um, one of the gifts, I guess you could say, or holiday spirit. So like at the beginning of the movie, John McClane gets this ticket on his car and this cop is giving him a whole big, big thing about how like, oh, you can't, you know, you can't park that here. You can't park that car here in my airport. But then at the end of the movie, once John McClane totally saves the day, uh, the he sees the cop and he's like, McClane, did you get this ticket? And he goes, oh, yeah. And he like the cop tears it up and he goes, ah, it's Christmas. So that's that's Christmassy. That's enough Christmas spirit for me right there. Um, and then, too, is it snowing? Yeah, dude, it's snowing the whole goddamn movie. It's snowing, like, at the, from start to finish. So, <laughs> yeah. And, no, fun fact about that, too, uh, this was, like, shot around Denver. And there was, like, it was, like, weirdly not snowy at the time. So a lot of the snow that you do see in Die Hard 2 is just, it's majority just artificial snow. So... But anyway, that's what I got here. A nice little, you know, little short episode for you. Um, so what do you think? I mean, honestly, who cares, man? It, it, like, it, it, opinions are opinions. Yeah, if you listen this far, though, dude, if I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. So I also, I'm considering, like, with all, as I was, like, kind of researching this and everything, I was coming across a lot of interesting facts of, like, 
unconventional like Christmas movies. And that got me thinking like, oh man, what other like, you know, unconventional Christmas movies are there? Or what like movies that are out there that kind of get like, you know, pushed out of the quote Christmas movie genre. So I don't know, man, I, I'm probably going to try and do like another episode of like unconventional uh, Christmas movies. Cause this is the one that I thought of, um, the movie, uh, eyes wide shut. It was like the movie, I, I forget what year, I think it's like the nineties or whatever, but it's like, it stars Tom Cruise and he's like this doctor and his wife tells him that she's like been, been thinking about like cheating on him. And he's like, ah, don't do that. And then they end up like joining this one, like sex party. And there's like this, this crazy orgy scene, but it also takes place around Christmas. So I, I'm probably going to do like an unconventional one and go do a little more into that. And then too, like, what was it? Oh, shoot. Um, dang, what was it? Oh, Gremlins. That's what it was. Yeah, man, that's totally a Christmas movie. But then like, nobody thinks that it is because it's always like it, people just focus mainly on the fact that these gremlins are, you know, running amok all over town, but it totally takes place around Christmas. Like the kid, I'm pretty sure gets the gremlin as like a gift for Christmas. So anywho, so I, if you're still listening to this, dude, I, you don't even understand how much that means to me because that really, t- that means you took the time to, you know, sit down and continue to listen. And that means that I'm actually trying to do something right. And I really appreciate that. So I'm gonna keep it going for you. Um, if you do want to help me out, it, you could do me a huge favor. Just if you're on Apple, go on to Apple podcasts. Um, it's the purple icon on there. Drop me five stars or however many stars you want and just write a little review. Say I'm doing a good job saying I told you to do it. It doesn't really matter. It just really helps with me get me driving up the charts um, and helping me reach, you know, people and kind of helping me to find my market. Cause that's the one thing that I'm still struggling uh, with starting out here is just kind of trying to find um, like as to who would like, like what I'm talking about or anything like that, you know? So it's, it's, it's a very confusing like process process for me. Um, and if you have friends that you think might think this is cool or this is like, you know, the podcast for them, uh, let them know, man, I'm really trying and it will really be a big motivational boost. So anywho, I really appreciate you taking the time listener. Good listening on you. Um, I'll be trying to put out more stuff soon. I don't really know what soon is. Could be, could be one day, could be a week, but I'll, I'll still keep thinking of it, man. Anyway, Merry or happy holidays, merry holidays to you listener. And I'll be seeing you soon. Bye-bye.